Hello and welcome to the Excel Against the Odds podcast. I am your host, Sarah Berton, a chronically ill business mentor for business owners with chronic illnesses. I balance running multiple businesses, living with several chronic illnesses and raising my family. In this podcast, I tackle the complexities, everyday challenges and solutions of working with a chronic illness. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Excel Against the Odds podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by B Higgins, a copywriter and content writer. Hi B, how are you today? Sarah, lovely to speak with you. And how's everything going? Good. Didn't sleep incredibly well last night because of the heat, uh, but we're getting there. We're warming up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to hear it. And please could you give us an introduction to who you are and what you do? Sure. So hello, listeners. Um, I'm Bee Higgins. I'm a creative copywriter and messaging mentor for heart-led business owners. So uh, creatives, coaches, consultants, that sort of thing, um, who want to express their unique magic with words and attract those sort of kindred clients that you sort of dream of (laughs) and hope will flock to you. Um, I do this via my group membership, done for you copy and content packages, courses, and uh, one-to-one mentoring. That's me. Amazing. And words are so important, aren't they? Particularly when you run a business, it's uh, key Mm. to really understand the messaging and get that right. How much of a difference does it make to somebody's business to make sure that they do get the right wording and the right messaging? Hugely, because if you think about the sort of specific searches you do on Google when you're looking for like a slice of advice or somebody to help you with a with a thing, you need to make sure that, you know, things like your website are filled with or even like your blog filled with copy and content that speaks to the exact needs of the kind of people that you want to attract that you really want to speak to. So if you aren't really doing that in your copy and content, Google isn't going to know who to send you to. People aren't going to be able to discover you as much as they might be able to. Were you really expressing yourself fully and wholly through words? Uh, So it can have a massive impact. And it is something that a lot of people do find difficult, including me. You know, I'm a professional writer and I will go on record saying writing is really hard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and imagine it's much harder for you to do it for yourself than it is for you to do it for other people as well oh impossible yeah yeah totally I find it so difficult because sometimes it's like well people are sort of looking at me you know and thinking you know can she write is this you know good do I really want to work with her things like that so I always feel like I need to do a really good job in my stuff because then I can really speak to my skills, my expertise as well. So yeah, it can be just as complex, if not more so for me. <laughs> I can imagine. So I think as well, you've got to sell yourself, haven't you? And it's always very difficult to, to say what you're good at. We're often brought up to, to downplay our achievements and our abilities. So trying to make sure that we don't do that when we're writing our copy or talking about what we do is so important, isn't it? Yeah, and trying to write about our skills and our expertise in a way that's sort of relevant to our clients. Um, You know, you don't just want to be sharing like a context-free list of all of your qualifications because for the people that, you know, you hope will work with you, to them, it's not really going to mean a lot. They would rather you share exactly what solutions you can help them achieve and how you're going to go about doing that. 
absolutely yeah that's a really good point actually isn't it? it's about the client rather than about yourself mm. I think that's something to really bear in mind <laughs> when you're writing your copy isn't it oh gosh totally <laughs> and, and how long have you been running your business B? oh I think it's about five and a half years maybe six something like that so a mm. relatively relatively long time <laughs> yes yeah yeah definitely established now <laughs> and um, you have a health condition are you comfortable yeah. to talk about that of course totally um so what is your health condition and are, are you, would you mind explaining a little bit about how it affects you on a day-to-day basis yeah so I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease which is an incurable inflammatory bowel disease back in 2010 um, like with lots of chronic illnesses, Crohn's affects your body in a myriad of ways um, and no two people with the disease are the same. You can have very different experiences of it. Um, but some symptoms for listeners to look out for, because I always think it's important to mention them, um, include changes in your bowel habit, weight loss, um, abdominal cramps, um, reduced appetite, things like that. Basically, if anything changes in your toileting habits, it's always best to just go and get yourself checked out. It's more more than likely absolutely nothing. Um, But obviously, early diagnosis is really key. Um, So in terms of how it kind of impacts me, I think for me personally, chronic fatigue is one of the most debilitating symptoms. Um, I've basically got a very small window of time in a day which I'm sort of able to be active whether that's out and about or using my brain (laughs) in a productive way um and yeah impacts just how I sort of function on a day basis um like brain fog for example isn't exactly ideal when you write words for a living that's for sure I end up having to do loads of weird google searches for the word that I'm trying to conjure up Um, And then there's obviously the bowel-related symptoms, which aren't much of a laugh, funnily enough. Um, It does mean I know where the nearest toilet is at all times, though, which is a really good skill. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I bet all your friends love you for that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm like tourist information. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. How was your diagnostic journey? Did it take a long time to go from when you first had symptoms to getting diagnosed? Um, I don't do what I don't think it actually took too long because I had sort of been drastically losing weight my mum dragged me to the doctors got me a blood test um, and they were able to see that my markers for inflammation were really quite high Um, so they got me in for a scan pretty quickly um, and they were able to diagnose Crohn's disease pretty quickly I think because I was so young um when I was going through that process and because it was quite drastic um I was lucky that it it was a quick turnaround and I know that's not always the case especially for things like Crohn's you know because it can present as quite a few different illnesses quite a few different things um it can be quite hard but for me thankfully it was a relatively simple process Oh, brilliant. It's great to hear some positive diagnosis that stories because often that isn't the yeah. case. That, that is really good news to hear that you got diagnosed very quickly. Yeah, I feel very, very lucky that that was the case. And are there things that you need to do um, on a daily basis to really take care of yourself? 
totally so there are quite a, a quite a lot of sort of I guess adjustments that I kind of make in my business um so I'll work from weather is most comfortable for me on any given day um, I make sure to give myself regular breaks uh, I give myself longer deadlines more importantly to allow for difficult days to allow for my brain to sort of process information because it can take me a little bit longer now to really bed down with everything um and I also set boundaries with my clients that kind of allow me to prioritize the best way for me to do things which I think is super important and then I guess it is kind of about self-care and looking after yourself in that kind of way um and for me I don't know about you but I make it a priority by actually putting self-care tasks on my business to-do list and I think to some that might sound strange or maybe even like a little sad that I'm like more likely to take better care of myself if I've got like a box to tick kind of thing um but it's what works for me and I think at the end of the day that's what's important it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks um so I'll pop things on there you know like practical things like take your medication do your injection things like that also things like get some fresh air because I find just a really short walk because obviously if I do too much that's basically the rest of my day if not two to three days kind of totally wiped out but get some nice fresh air with the dog if I can't get out to do that then making sure I've got like the windows open and kind of welcoming that in um that sort of thing so yeah there are quite a few adjustments that I guess I kind of make to my day I think when you make those adjustments for yourself you kind of trying to think about them as adjustments because they're just something that you do as second nature you're just like you don't realize that you make them but I guess across my day if you were to watch me you realize just how many sort of adjustments I make to actually make working accessible to me yes and it's so important to make those adjustments and as you say often it does become second nature and you forget you forget that you're doing it but it can make such a difference um, there's a few points I wanted to just pick up with you on there. Um, I love the fact that you put it in your diary, the self-care activities that you need to do. Um, and that's yeah. something that in the Entrepreneurs Against the Odds group, I, I constantly talk to them every Monday about what are you putting in your diary for you this week? And mm. it makes such a difference. If it's written down, um, yeah. particularly if it's in your business diary, then you're going to do it. And it means that you're prioritizing your well-being so that you can then do a better job in your business. So that that is amazing. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to... Um, raised was um you talked about setting boundaries with your clients and building in enough lead time so that if you do have a bad health day you can still deliver on time and that is such a great thing to be doing Mm. boundaries with clients can be really difficult and I know that a lot of people listening to this podcast will find it difficult to to have the confidence to set those boundaries do you have any tips on on how to approach setting boundaries with clients I think the thing is it doesn't it's almost like that you don't have to make it like a big thing if that makes sense you know like you can put your needs first you know it took me a really long time to prioritize how I work best as opposed to asking clients like how would you like to do things like obviously it's lovely to be accommodating to everybody but it's also totally fine to for you to be like This is how I like to do things. And also you don't have to explain why or apologize for that. You can set those boundaries that are informed by your well-being 
and then just stick to them and no one's going to be like oh why did you do it like that blah, blah 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 you know if you've if you're working with clients who you know are open-minded empathic people which I would hope for everybody um then that's never going to be an issue that arises so set those with confidence and it will transform the way that you work um, and hopefully your well-being as well definitely I think that's a great exercise to do actually is to think about how you want to work and then make sure that your business is set up in that way I think often mm. we just feel that we should be doing what everybody else is doing when in fact totally. if we can work in a way that works better for our health and our well-being then we're going to produce much better work so maybe taking taking time to actually think about how do I want my business to run and then and then making sure it does fit around that and that mm. is the beauty of having our own business isn't it is that we have that freedom we don't have somebody yeah. else telling us what to do we can do it ourselves thank the lord that's all I'll say yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, was setting up your own business always the plan or do you think your health drove, drove you to do that so I, like I said, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease um, in 2010, which was just before university. Um, in 2013, between my second and third year, I was rushed to hospital with sepsis due to complications with my Crohn's. Zero out of 10, would not recommend sepsis. No, <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> horrendous. Um, I ended up having major life-saving surgery and I was in hospital for a month or so sort of coming back to life almost um I then took a year out to sort of recover before returning to university no idea how or why I did that but I did it and I look back now and I think that was wild but I was obviously on a mission um long story short I then ended up having further surgeries albeit not quite so traumatizing or major um, and I basically ended up with a mind and body that wouldn't be able to hold down a nine till 10 job, let alone a typical nine till five. Um, so I sort of came to realize that my choices for employment were really limited, um, not only on what I could do, but also on the way others responded to me sort of thing. When you've got, you know, somebody who's going to need time for hospitals who might wake up and have a really bad day I found that it was really difficult for employers to understand that and I think a lot has changed since then thankfully but at the time it was really really hard and I needed a job where I could work remotely and sort of be in charge of my own time so that I could manage my symptoms especially so close to all of my surgeries and things like that um, and I'd always love writing I'd been running a creative lifestyle blog at that point for years and years and years. I was at university studying English with creative writing um, and I had a lot of online pals who were copywriters. So I thought to myself, maybe that's something I could do with my skills, with my passions. Um, and I've now been doing this, like I said, for like five, six years. So I never ever set out to be a business owner I am not business minded whatsoever I started my business out of necessity because it was the most accessible option for me at the time so I think a lot of people with chronic illnesses do that because it is very very difficult to hold down a nine to five when you have got a chronic illness particularly if you do need to have flexibility um, and have bad days 
So I think, mm. I think a lot of, lot of business owners do set up their business because of that necessity. Um, but it is amazing, isn't it, to, to be able to do that, to choose what you're going to do, to know that you can rest if you have to. So I think it is a, yeah. it's a brilliant option for people with chronic illnesses. Mm, totally. And if somebody was thinking about starting up their own business because of their health issues, have you got any advice that you would give them? Oh, hmm. that's a big one. That's really interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah. I I think basically put your needs first, kind of as I said. Don't feel as if you kind of have to prove yourself. I feel like that's, I don't know if you've ever experienced that or come across that in your community and things like that. I feel like with chronic illnesses and disabilities, sometimes you can sort of have this internalized ableism and where you feel like you have to prove yourself more and prove your worth and your validity and your autonomy which often means you kind of overstretch yourself um, or try to try to act as if you are able-bodied etc and it ends up making you feel less than and I think that's such a hard and horrible thing and I think everybody with like a chronic illness disability can have those wobbles But I think if you go into your business thinking to yourself that you are not less than because you didn't start your business out of some massive passion or, you know, big desire kind of thing, it doesn't make you any less valid or skilled or worthy of working with you. Um, So really go into it feeling strong in your sense of, autonomy and I feel like that will serve you so well yeah it's a great point and I think anyone who runs a business whether they're healthy or not um, has issues with mindsets because mm-hmm. trying to maintain that um, that energy over time and also trying to take the knock with the highs um, it, it's such a roller coaster of a journey it can really affect the mind mm-hmm. And then if you throw chronic illness on top of that and the fact that maybe you can't work as many hours as somebody who is healthy um, or, as you say, you might start your business for different reasons, it can Mm. really affect mindset. So I think trying to be really kind and self-compassionate to yourself is so important. Hugely so important. And just, yeah, really looking within and affirming what makes you the right person and what makes you so special instead of kind of looking outward and going well I'm not like that person or I can't do that turn it around and think of all the incredible things that you can do so I worked with a uh, VA virtual assistant recently Um, she has a chronic illness and I was looking at her web copy trying to help her elevate it and she had a bit there where she was like I've got a chronic illness, so I can't do projects really quickly. So if that's what you're after, I'm not the person for you. And I said, hang on a minute. Why don't we look at how your chronic illness actually makes you the perfect fit for some people? How you take the time to really look at everything, elevate everything to beyond a level that you would do if you were rushing through everything. How the meetings that you have with people create space for everybody to press pause look at everything, get some clarity that they otherwise might have not been afforded. Um, And I think that's super important to reframe, you know, what your chronic illness or disability actually means that you've got, because 
yes they can be horrible horrible things and they can bring horrible things into our life but they also help us to build skills that able-bodied people people that aren't neurodiverse perhaps will never acquire so use that insight and those experiences and sing from the rooftops about everything that it means you can do I would say that's hugely important I love that and it's true um having a chronic illness or being neurodiverse does actually give you so many new skills um that you've had to develop in order to cope and uh, mm-hmm. those those are very valuable in the workplace in in a business mm-hmm, um, and I totally. love the fact that you've changed that copy in that way because it's taken it from being something negative into a real positive and that's going to do wonders for her business totally because I was just like no there are so many wonderful things that this create you know brings about for the people that work with you and I really I it kind of made me feel sad that it was being framed in a way that you know she wasn't as this that and the other as other people um and I really wanted to set that straight and I think it's an important reminder I think there's definitely times where I you know slip into that thinking too I don't think any of us are immune no no absolutely and I think that's human nature isn't it to we often mm. tend to focus on our negative traits as opposed to the positive ones so it's really yeah. good reminder to think about that and actually anyone listening maybe have, have a think about actually what what do I offer rather than what can't I do mm-hmm. definitely and I think also for for your clients as well it's probably as well as improving their copy has probably really really improved their confidence about what they can do and that, that's so important isn't it I hope so yeah I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize when you work with a copywriter you do get that creative confidence boost because I think sometimes clients come to me and they worry I'm going to be like everything is awful but usually I'm like love what you've done here here's how we can take it to the next level Um, and actually being like exploring how you can express your whole self it's actually a really it can be quite an awakening kind of experience for a lot of people um, and really quite affirming that they can show up entirely as themselves and people will warm to that and gravitate to them because of that I think yeah it really does boost your confidence and make you feel like you're where you're meant to be yeah I can, I can really see that actually how how having somebody help you the copy can can really boost you boost your confidence and make you realize just actually what you are offering what you're bringing to the table which you often can't see yourself because as I say you do mm. tend to focus on the negative things rather than the positive so having somebody else's vision and um, having those words can, can give be a huge boost mm. yeah no I wholeheartedly believe that and in your client's copy you did talk about chronic illness would you recommend people talking about their chronic illnesses do you think it's a better idea to keep it to themselves I believe it is down to your personal choice. You should never feel as if you have to disclose anything that you do not feel comfortable disclosing. And you can, if you do feel like you maybe want to say something, you only have to say as much or as little as you would like to, you know? Like there are a billion things I could say about my own chronic illness, but I keep so much of it to myself. And that's totally fine. I mean, so like personally, I do talk about my chronic illness here and there. You know, I'll discuss it with clients that I feel especially comfortable with once I feel like we've kind of pushed through that boundary where I feel really comfortable with them, maybe straight off the bat. 
I keep more of it to myself um, because I still think there are a lot of misconceptions out there about people with chronic health conditions and disabilities that sometimes kind of prevents me from being as vocal in my professional life as I am in my personal life. Um, you know, it's no secret. I mean, I'm doing a podcast about it now and I speak about it on socials, but it's definitely something I felt torn about when I first started. Um, but kind of as I've progressed, I've come to realize it's quite a nice way, actually, of filtering out clients who wouldn't have been a good fit, you know, in a way, like if they're harboring views on disability, chronic illness, etc., that don't align with my own, I would much rather discover that before we're days or weeks, months into a project. So if it's important to you to work with people who are, you know, empathic, understanding, things like that, and you feel comfortable enough to share a little bit, it doesn't necessarily need to be in your website copy. It could just be in private conversations. Then feel free to do so. If you would much rather keep it private, then you can just state your boundaries and you don't have to give them the why and wherefore. And that's that's really important, isn't it? That you don't ever have to explain yourself. It's your business. You run it how you want to. We don't mm-hmm. question how Microsoft or Google or any of those run their business. And so we shouldn't feel that we have to explain our business either. Yeah. And I don't know about you. I feel sometimes because I have Crohn's, I feel like I'm expected to kind of explain myself or give parts of myself over to other people far more than I would like to. So I think where there are instances where I control how much is said and what's done, et cetera, I feel like it's my way of really retaining that and, you know, really feeling that sense of autonomy and what is mine. Um, Yeah, I feel like that kind of plays into that somehow. Yes, definitely. I think it's uh, it is great to have that sense of control and and only give out as much as you feel comfortable giving mm. out. And you mentioned earlier um, having bad health days and you said that you set up your timeline so that takes into account the fact that you might have bad health days. When you wake up and you've got no energy or you're in pain or you're really, really struggling with your Crohn's, how do you mm. deal with that? The bad days they can be obviously they can be especially difficult both physically and mentally and there are times um where I some might feel I don't actually deal with it particularly well because I for me personally I feel like it's really important that I give myself time and space to be like do you know what this is really blooming hard and I wish this wasn't happening to me right now I think sometimes it can kind of feel like we have to put like a positive spin on things right away, you know, but I don't find that kind of slightly toxic positivity at all helpful in those moments. I kind of allow myself time to respond emotionally um, and I just focus on what I can do as my own caregiver to alleviate any extra stress or discomfort that I'm experiencing. So that might mean moving meetings heading back to bed, um, kind of stepping in with some positive self-talk in my brain to kind of counteract any of the sort of internalized ableism that might sort of pop into my head if I have to move things and, you know, cause a minor inconvenience to other people's lives that I'm well within my right to do, you know. 
Um, so yeah, some might say that there are instances where I don't deal with it in the best way, but for me, that's the best way for me to deal with it. And I think that's an important message. You know, I think, yes, it would be great if everything was sunshine and rainbows and we can be like, well, today's a really bad day, but at least, you know, I've got a comfy bed to sit in. But when you're in a lot of pain and discomfort, I actually think, you know what, just being like, this is awful (laughs) is totally fine too. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think the only way you can deal with the bad health day is to go with what works for you. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's got to be what gets you through that? How can mm. you best look after yourself? And as you say, you don't have to, to, to be critical. You don't have to talk to yourself in a super positive way. You just have to almost accept it and, yeah. and get through it as best you can. Yeah, just focus on how you can take the most amount of care. Maybe make calls to people to pop things around if needs be. Just focus on how you can make yourself as comfortable as possible and just set yourself up for the day <laughs> whatever's gonna happen um yeah totally do you think that we as a society can do to better support people with chronic illnesses oh god don't get me started sarah this will end <laughs> up like a five hour podcast i think there are so many improvements that it's kind of hard so hard a question to unpack i think For a start, on a basic level, we need to build a far more compassionate and understanding society that doesn't vilify people with chronic illnesses and disabilities or those who aren't, who are neurodiverse, etc. And kind of instead seek to accommodate and better support them and not question them within an inch of their life to make them feel as if they've done something wrong. I think over the last 13 years, my eyes have really been open to the sort of insidious ableism that is faced by people with disabilities, chronic illnesses, etc. on a daily basis. Um, From having necessary accommodations that I've requested called into question um, to being subject to sort of horrifying ableist opinions. Um, I feel like we have made such progress but also we still have far to go when it comes to how we view disability and chronic illness um neurodiversities as a society um I really feel like we aren't there yet and I feel like maybe maybe that's really cynical of me but I think when you've got lived experience of these things that that's how it feels (laughs) yes yeah absolutely and I think I think I was starting to feel that things were getting a bit better. But then last week in the UK, the government announced plans to try and get people back into work. And the language used in the press was very, very shocking. Um, yeah. And that, that, that's that's the concern is, is the language that's being used in popular media and culture is still not accepting of people with disabilities or chronic illnesses. And, and that, that really does need to change. Yeah, it's on a societal level, on a political level, for me especially, I feel like there are so many things that need to be done or changed. Um, and I feel like it's it, it's going to take a long time. All I can do to protect my mental well-being is focus on what I know to be true of myself and everybody else who finds themselves in this position. Um, and to not read in too much into the words that people use to describe, you know, 
certain things or the sort of misconceptions people have about things like the disability benefit system and things like that that just simply are not true um and I just have to if yeah really focus on what I know to be true about myself and also just be very mindful that a lot of people say things out of sheer ignorance because perhaps they have never even come across anybody with a chronic illness or disability etc you know and they just do not understand what it's like before I was diagnosed I don't think I gave it too much thought I felt like everybody deserved human rights you know and accommodations etc but I didn't know how it felt to be in a body like this um and I you know that's when I truly came to understand the gravity of it so I try to make sure that you know I give that kind of patience to people um but at the same time yeah there are so many improvements <laughs> yeah I think I think it is difficult for somebody who hasn't lived with chronic illness or or doesn't know somebody who they're close to who's 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 going through it it's very hard to understand how debilitating it can be and mm. things like the words um especially if you've got an energy limiting condition and you're constantly exhausted that word exhausted is used all the time in in general day-to-day life and it's very difficult to differentiate between chronic illness exhausted and not having enough sleep because you've gone to the pub the night before kind of exhausted yeah it's really I think it's almost like we need to develop a new language to explain how difficult it is I think it's a case of people need to actively listen as well and where appropriate ask questions you know like when my friends and family you know I welcome questions from them about how they can best support me or what something feels like and things like that obviously if you don't know a person very well you kind of you need to ask and make sure people feel comfortable to even talk on these subjects um but but asking questions and then actively listening to people who have these experiences I think is a really good way of learning educating and understanding a bit more um because I feel like that's where so much is lost when people choose to listen to you know like kind of articles like that and things like that instead of actually going what actually is it like to navigate the benefit system as somebody with you know a chronic ill health condition or disability how does that actually make them feel you know asking people like that as opposed to being like oh look at them they get all of this money for all of this and get out and get a job and you know they've just got no idea so I think listening would bridge so many gaps that just currently just are broken (laughs) definitely and I think it's also important to remember that two people experiencing the same condition will experience it in different ways so just because you've got a friend or a sibling who's experienced a condition and they are able to do certain things doesn't mean somebody living with the same condition is able to do those same things that they're going to experience it in a completely different way so totally making assumptions is it's really important to avoid that that's why I try not to speak to anybody who's newly diagnosed with Crohn's because if I tell them my experience with it I think they would be like 
oh my word you know whereas for a lot of people they maybe don't have the experiences that I have had thankfully um but yeah no two people are the same exactly I think I've got a new job for you I think I'd like you to go and write the copy for all of the newspapers and magazines when they're talking about chronic illness (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the energy required to even begin (laughs) is something I could only dream of (laughs) it would be nice wouldn't it (laughs) fantastic and finally I've got a couple of questions for you that I ask all of my guests um who inspires you that's a really interesting question I think One of the wonderful things kind of about running a business is meeting incredible people who I wouldn't have otherwise met. So I would say the person or one of the people that inspires me the most is actually one of my clients that I've met through my business. Um, Her name is Becky Wright. She runs New Leaf Life Design, which is a B Corp accredited company. So super sustainable and green. Um, that deliver mental health training to companies Um, but it's the way that Becky does business that is so inspiring to me she gives back to the land and local communities wherever possible so from simple things like funding local beekeepers to supporting the mental well-being of industries that are most impacted by mental illness and suicidality especially within rural communities where it is a real problem I live in Somerset, by the way. I probably should have mentioned that. (laughs) Um, She is just an incredible woman. Um, And I don't think there are many people out there that are as heart-led or as thoughtful or kind of anyone who puts their money where their mouth is and acts on their vision, their values, quite like her. Um, So, yeah, she really inspires me and I feel so lucky to be in her orbit at all. Oh, wonderful. Sounds like a very inspiring lady she's incredible and can you recommend a business book or podcast that our listeners might like to check out sure so it's weird because I love to read I own hundreds of books but perhaps weirdly I don't actually read business books I do however listen to some business related podcasts so I can recommend a few of those so I really enjoy Emma Cossey's The Freelancer's Tea Break Um, She tackles lots of different topics that concern freelancers from boundary setting, like we've discussed, marketing, pitching, um, and all of the episodes are super bite-sized and neurodiverse friendly because Emma herself has ADHD. Um, And then I also enjoy Jen Carrington's podcast, Your Simple and Spacious Business. Jen has a chronic illness, so her episodes are also bite-sized and she shares episodes all about how to make your business sustainable and accessible to you which is so helpful and then lastly there's building your brand with graphic designer Liz Mosley so she talks to a range of business owners that specialize in all kinds of things um, while she doesn't have a chronic illness disability or and she isn't neurodiverse um, she shared episodes on things like avoiding business burnout when you're neurodiverse or how chronic illness can actually unlock your business potential things like that so I really recommend all three of those fantastic I'll certainly be checking those out (laughs) I've given you lots of homework to go and do yes definitely (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for joining me today B. please can you let the listeners know where they can find you of course um thank you so much for having me you can find me on LinkedIn by searching for B Higgins 
I'm the one with the pink and lots of flowers. <laughs> I'm also on Twitter or X or whatever it's now called, um, at Bloom with B. Um, I'm on Instagram, at Bloom with B Copy. Um, if you find me on those platforms, you'll also find the link to my mailing list where you can be privy to bi-weekly copy content and creative mindset tips, which are super helpful. Um, alternatively, you can just email me b at vivatramp.co.uk and I shall respond in due course. <laughs> Amazing. And I'll put all those details in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me, B. Have a lovely afternoon. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have a chronic illness and either run a business or want to, then come and join our free and friendly Facebook group, Entrepreneurs Against the Odds. To sign up to my newsletter or to learn more about how my business mentoring services can help you grow your business and make it work better with your health, check out my website at www.excelagainsttheodds.co.uk. Have a great week.